And with that, I'd like to welcome everyone to the Merge Medical Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Brown, with my co-host, Dr. Jeff Cole. I'm very excited to welcome Dr. Keith Dressler. He is the founder and CEO of Rhinogram. This is a digital communication and virtual care solution, empowering healthcare facilities and their patients with the ability to initiate direct HIPAA compliant and secure text messaging communications across the full patient journey. Uh, with that, Dr. Dressler, welcome. Thank you yeah. for joining us. Tell us about Rhinogram. Rhinogram empowers patients and providers alike to communicate without the friction of the patient logging in or downloading an app or waiting on hold. They simply SMS, MMS text message your practice. Rhinogram's platform is fully customizable, HIPAA compliant, seamlessly integrates within all EHRs and your existing workflows, eliminating any typical industry barriers around additional cost, access, or trust to provide the best experience for both patients and providers. Dr. Dressel, it sounds like patients are able to to text directly rather than work through an app. Is that what I understand? Yes, sir. That's exactly right. We will provide the practice with a HIPAA compliant textable number that matches the voice number they currently have. And tell us about the need for Rhinogram. The need for Rhinogram really came out of the patients expecting more convenience and simple ways to communicate. Real time patient initiated SMS, MMX texting shows the patients that you respect them and therefore it's gonna elevate your practice's value to them. Email is open 20% of the time. Portals have a 40% adoption rate. SMS texting has a 99% open rate and a 90% adoption rate. That's huge. I want technology to help a practice, to help patients. I don't want technology for technology's sake. And the impetus for Rhinogram came out of my own practice. In 2013 was the first wave of millennial parents. And what we were beginning to see is none of those people wanted to call my practice. They were texting if they had any of my staff cell numbers, they were texting them to do everything, meaning change appointments, what's my account balance. I'm at a dental office. They want to know if the wisdom teeth need to come out and they're snapping pictures and sending it to my staff. And to me, all of that was occurring behind my back. I didn't even know it. Uh, it's not compliant. It's on personal cell phones. And they were rejecting, in my opinion, the way that I was asking them to communicate with me, meaning they were wanting to communicate in a different form and my practice wasn't allowing them to do that. So hence, Rhinogram was created to allow them to do it so that I actually own all of these communications. All these communications are legally stored they're permanent and non-editable, and now we're allowing patients to communicate in the form that they prefer, and we've basically flipped what I would call the communication paradigm from a voice-first paradigm to a text-first, and I'm talking SMS, MMS. I'm not talking about asking the patient to log into a portal or download an app or do any of these things. They simply have my number in their phone that they would usually call. Rhinogram gives them a HIPAA compliant SMS, MMS textable number, and that number matches their existing voice number. So there's nothing much for the practice to do. We're not asking a practice to uh, change their phone system or anything like that. We're just making compliant uh, the number that a patient already has in their phone. So that from the practice's perspective, it's very easy to say, hey, here's a little card. Here's all the things that you can text us about versus voice calling us about. Now, 
why that is powerful for the practice is because when you convert inbound voice calls, so number one, the the calls coming in to you are going to decrease dramatically. Okay, so we're changing the form. The form of it is going to be a text message, not a voice. And as you know, it's a phone tree, leave a message, play phone tag, that sort of scenario. So we're getting rid of that scenario, which makes a practice way more efficient. And we have AI and ML built in and natural language translation built into our platform. So what that means is we can read the inbound text and on the benign things, we can auto answer without human intervention. Mm. Now, this would be things like, when's my next appointment? You know, they forgot it. What are directions to your office? Um, uh, we can take things that's common, like I need a prescription refill uh, for this and, and automatically read that, send it to a refill team give them a notification, and then they can text the patient back very quickly. Hey, we've refilled your prescription now at so-and-so. You can go pick it up in a couple hours. So we're streamlining all of the processes on the doctor side of the equation. And once you begin to do that, you then realize that we can decrease the number of people needed by about 30%. And we're auto-answering you know, 25% of the inbound messages are just auto taken care of. So you have decreased the the workload of your practice by 25%. Uh, uh, and things are being automatically handled versus the labor intensive phone tag and time that exists uh, with phone tag trying to communicate back and forth. The other thing that happens is your value to the patient elevates exponentially because the patient is communicating in a simple, easy form that they want to. The frustration that exists on the patient side of logging into a portal, downloading an app, there's only a 40% adoption downloading an app. With Rhinogram, you get a 90% adoption of the bi-directional SMS, MMS communication. And I use MMS as an example because you can, uh, you the practice can attach um, uh, any type of uh, file that you want. It could be a video file that you want to send them. It can be um, uh, pictures of things you want to send them. Any information it can be a link to this or that. Um, uh, all of that is possible through Rhinogram and they can send you the same stuff. So again, if you're thinking about a wound follow-up, you've done surgery on somebody and now um, uh, think about from the patient's side what occurs. They, they have to make an appointment, they have to take off work, they come in, they sit in your waiting room, for however long, only for them to be taken back and the doctor look at them for you know less than five minutes and say, hey, your wound's healing nicely. How much easier would it be if you texted them, hey, take a picture of the wound, send that to us, we'll get back with you um, with what we think. That picture comes in, it's routed to a clinical team that can make a determination but at the end of the day, all processes can be simplified and made so much easier through um, uh, through a better uh, and patient-preferred communication uh, methodology. Dr. Dressler, um, I understand that there's a, a portal that, that the staff can see this activity. Can you, can you speak to EMR integration? And can you speak also to uh, just how much of these, because a lot of the tech streams and, uh, aren't critical um, things to be moved over into the EMR, but then, you know, that picture of that wound or, you know, more, more critical things, the staff, do they not have the ability 
very easily to, to click a button and move move that over into the to the EMR. Yes. Yeah. First of all, we are um, we're bi-directionally integrated with pretty much all of them. And again, it's not our capability. It'll be the EMRs. So if something has to be manually moved from you, it's not you can blame your EMR. It's not our inability to manually move it. Some EMRs will allow the bi-directionality of, you know, us uh, uh, pushing information into them and them pushing information into us. So uh, we have that capability. We are bi-directionally integrated very seamlessly with um, Epic, with Athena Health, with Nextech, with pretty much most of your more popular um, EMRs in, in in medicine. There's all kinds of workflows, um, capabilities. We are um, incredibly highly configured because, again, with this being my third healthcare IT company, I realize two docs under the same roof may not want to use it the same way, and they have their preferred workflow. So Rhinogram's built for really any type of workflow that you can imagine. Uh, again, we're an end user innovated technology who understands workflows, and we're not giving you a piece of technology and then making you figure out a workflow to fit it in. We'll fit whatever workflows you have currently and make it a very, very simple and easy transition um, uh, to using Rhinogram. And that's all a setup thing, true? I mean, yes, it, it end, is. You say this type message goes to this person, this type task goes to this other person. Uh, when we take pictures of wounds, we want it to go here. Right. Right. You right. set that up in advance. Yes. Okay. We spend a lot of time um, in implementation, meaning I'll call that the implementation of Rhinogram, understanding your current workflows and understanding how to set Rhinogram up to meet your existing workflows. And as we're going through it, we may even suggest that, hey, other orthopedic practices, in your case, uh, uh, Jeff Cole, um, are using it this way and they're finding it helpful and give you the, the choice of using it that way or not based upon what we know other offices are doing. And Rhinogram is actually built for all of healthcare and it's built for at an enterprise level for health systems all the way down to the individual provider. And we currently are in 54 different healthcare um, specialties. So orthopedic surgery is a specialty, OBGYN is a specialty, so forth and so on, um, uh, pretty much. And, and we've done minimal marketing. These people have found us and Rhinogram has actually grown horizontally across medicine where we do have some health systems using Rhinogram as well as mid-sized places, as well as an individual doc. So uh, again, we have proof points across it all. I think we're integrated with 200 and something. Um, we're integrated with all of them, but we're, wor we're working integrations with 200 and something different um, uh, practice management system or, or electronic uh, health record systems. Our philosophy is we listen to the recommendations of our customer and we work to, to create the workflow efficiencies that they're asking for. And again, it's very minimal things, but they end up being applicable across the board to all 54. Because again, communication is gonna be the same, right? meaning how you communicate with people, what patients want to know from you and what you want to know from them. Um, and the answers are pretty much the, the same. Um, and I'll sort of break that down uh, for you a little bit, meaning why do patients call you? 
the first reason they'll call you is to make an initial appointment with you. So for appointments, right? And then what's another reason they call? They want to know if you accept this insurance or what is this insurance going to pay um, of whatever it is that they're going to receive. Uh, what is the another reason they call? They call to see what do they owe? What is their bill, right? Then they call again, what is my test result? They call again to, again, I mentioned uh, benign things. What are directions to the office? When, yeah, when's my next appointment? Things like that. Um, they call for a prescription refill. And that's pretty much it. And it's going to be every healthcare practice, for the most part, is going to be dealing with those same questions from patients. And again, when you flip the communication paradigm to a patient text first, or what we call patient-initiated texting, SMS, MMS, again, differenti differentiating between these definitions of texting because downloading an app or getting onto a portal and messaging through the app or messaging through the portal is called texting. But that's not really what we're talking about here. Not intrinsically, right? Right. That, that's right. We're talking about patients simply doing what they do with their friends and family being able to do it with your practice and well, that, that may bring up you know competition competitive advantages are, are are there any companies that that are intrinsically text first um and then as you were talking you know each of these subspecialties might have minor little differences or tweaks is there something about your your platform that that you feel is is perhaps better than competitors as far as the ability to to uh, make those uh, adjustments and requests? Yeah, I, let, me, let me answer the first question about competitors. Um, from a patient text first paradigm, there's nobody, okay? There's nobody that's, that doesn't require you to download an app. Most of what would be our perceived competitors are app-based. What you're going to get is EHRs, as you know, are going to tell you, you can bi-directionally text through our system. The problem with that, it's incredibly limited in what you can do. And they're coming from the perspective of doctor outbound texting, not patient inbound texting. And the way most practices use it is, hey, if you've called three or four times and haven't been able to reach the patient, go ahead and text them. And then the patient can text back, but the practice is not looking to use it as a patient-initiated text-first paradigm. They're using it as a last resort. And the big thing, big example I like giving is, let's say a, a, a practice... Um, is receiving a thousand phone calls a day. And we'll, we see this quite frequently within our rhinogram clients. And now 90% of the patients prefer texting. So what immediately happens over maybe a three month period of time is that per day, you're gonna get 900 texts coming in and only a hundred phone calls versus a thousand phone calls. So, what Rhinogram does better than anyone and has four patents around is all the management and workflows of handling all of these 900 texts coming in. If you use your EHR's texting system, it's almost like a phone call where it's one-to-one. -one. It doesn't have a way to manage everything and in, in to make things easy. Um, it doesn't have a way to route to the correct department so that the right people at the right time see the messages that are coming in. It doesn't have a way to auto-read and auto-respond to 25% of that. Uh, and that's a huge difference 
in a basic bi-directional communication system that really cannot handle a load of inbound text communications. And so that's what's available out there in a limited way. And we really see that in um, revenue cycle management, right? Um, uh, because if you have a bill, what they're doing today is they're attaching a bill, texting it to the patient with a text to pay link. Well, that's a text that you're doing from your practice. Um, but again, it's not meant to manage anything but the payment side of that that solution. And um, so a lot of revenue cycle management companies have the ability to text things that are video companies, you know, to do a virtual video visit. They have limited texting that comes with that because they know, they, 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 everybody knows that texting is the most efficient way of communicating. So they text them a reminder that, hey, we've got a video consultation with, you know, Dr. Cole or Dr. Brown at this time. This is just a reminder. Here's the link you can click when it's time to come into your virtual, you know, consultation. And so you'll, you, the practice, have through either your revenue cycle management systems that you're uh, contracted with or your virtual care systems that you might use, you get some limited form of text communication. But Rhinogram has all of it built in, whether it's revenue cycle management, whether it's the virtual video visits. You know, we have on-demand video. We have text-to-pay. We actually have multi-languages so that people who are in a different language can text to you it will convert it to the language you understand. And then when you text back, it'll convert it to the language that they originally texted in. So the, the, again, the ability to communicate in all kinds of ways is very easily attained. So I'm curious to how this is onboarded in a practice. And you, you spoke about how probably 90% of a patient's questions are the same across all specialties. So in that instance, it would seem like it's almost copy and paste to a different practice. But then you also spoke about how you could customize this for an individual practitioner and, and certainly for a practice. So walk me through how you, how Rhinogram onboards this into a, a, a an existing practice. Okay. Um, what we're going to first do is we're going to, number one, obviously, get you your HIPAA compliant number or numbers, multiple locations, so forth, so on. We're going to get the setup correctly, okay? Rhinogram has customized templates of responses that are personalized. And what I mean by that is we have what is called placeholders. So patient's first name, patient's last name, parent's name, uh, address locations of yours. And we give you the ability to use what we what come with the, the system, but we also give you the ability to create as many customized templates as you wish that will allow you to create the own voice of your practice. Now, in my practice, no, none of my people actually type anything. They're picking templates that we've created to respond. And that, that way, it does a couple of things. One, um, if people are worried about the legality of what somebody might text uh, to somebody else, it standardizes the responses in a legal way. You can always have attorneys look at the responses to be sure that it's legally correct if you're that litigiously concerned, okay? Which I think is, is a great thing for those people who are worried about that type of thing. And so it'll standardize that. 
but we're going to show you where that is in our system. We're going to walk you through our system. We're going to help you, you know, with some of your templates. If you say, hey, this happens on a regular basis, what are some standard templates? We can even copy over from practices that use different templates than our, our standard ones that we give that is industry specific to you. We're going to go through your workflows of everything that you do and, and how you do it. And then again, say, here's what we can do in Rhinogram to streamline that. Is, is this going to be an, you know, an, um, an adequate workflow for you um, or not? And we ensure on the front end that everything's going to work seamlessly with your existing workflows or on an agreed workflow. And everything that we have is also going to be set up with you um, and your staff. Your staff is going to be on this call or another call um, as well. We have an introductory setup at the beginning. And then once it's set up and played around with a little bit, not necessarily live yet, then we'll give you the advanced training to make sure that you understand all the ins and outs and capabilities of what we have. Because if we tried to give it all to you at the beginning, there's no way you're, you're going to be able to digest it all because the capabilities are mind boggling. Can you talk a little bit about uh, ROI and uh how many employees potentially, you know, what, how much can, can a, can a group decrease their call center? Sure. Um, or just redeploy those people to, to something else. Um, yes. that, that seems like an obvious thing that you're, you're going to be able to do. I would tell you in my own practice and I can't say all Rhinogram practices, but the ones that we're keeping KPIs on what they're seeing is a 40% decrease in in-office visits with no decrease in the quality of clinical care. And in some of the medical practices, they would say that they have unparalleled and improved clinical outcomes because they've got better connections with the patients than they had before, okay? And, and so they're able to pick up quicker, figure out things quicker, keep people out of the emergency room again, or for rehospitalization. hospitalization Those are all going down, okay? So the outcomes are greater for the physician. The physicians are seeing 40% decrease in in-office visits which then is going to equate to a 30% decrease in the number of people you actually need to be present on a day-to-day -day basis. So all of that, and then that would also include all the savings from, you're, you're going to see anywhere from a 50 to 90% decrease in phone calls because it's not, you're not, you're still communicating, but the communication's in a different form. It's in text form versus voice form. And I would tell you that one, one employee who deals with phone calls, let's say, can actually handle six to 10 different patients and their request at the same time it takes to speak to one. You cannot be as efficient as in a text form of communication uh, there. And because 10% of the population on average today still prefers phone, well, you're still going to be dealing with a limited amount of phone. And I don't think phones will ever go away, but the use of them are for voice communications are going to be less and less. So I think the other thing that you, you were talking about, I mean, I don't think that this solution does away with post-op visits, but what it, 
what it sounds like it does is it, it, it decreases the unexpected extra um, reasons a patient might make an appointment to come in. And I can see how uh, managing those more efficiently, you, you leave that spot open for a new patient. I mean, right. we, we want to, you know, orthopedic surgery, we make half <laughs> of our living really in the office, not, not really with surgery. So we want office patients, but we want them to be, you know, new, new patients, new problems, not necessarily taking up a slot uh, with something that if we just had our eyeballs on something could, um, could find out it's fine. Can you speak a little bit about how you may have uh, helped physicians um, even legally? Cause I think you, you, all of these conversations are stored um, and it's always a, he, he said, she said situation. I mean, do you have, do you have examples of, of yes, where- there I'm going to give you, I think, two or three, maybe, I know there's four, I may just not be able to, to remember it off the top of my head. Um, uh, situations um, that basically saved the doctor, okay? So I'm going to give the first one is um, behavioral health physician treating a psychiatric patient and it was actually a teenager. And this teenager lived out two hours away in the country. This was the closest healthcare facility for mental health. And the teenager was suicidal, okay? And the practitioner and office was communicating both with the patient and the parents, okay? And explaining what to do uh, here. And the the practice had put them on, let's say, a new form of of medications. And maybe the balance of those medications weren't correct. Well, they gave instructions both to the parent and to the child um, uh, about what they should do. Um, They should wean off of this and then they need to immediately come in um, uh, to see him and make a long story short. All of it was documented in Rhinogram. The kid was going to drive himself to the, the, the office Halfway there, this is an hour into the trip, he pulls off to the side of the road, takes a gun that he had with him and kills himself. So the parents sue the psychiatrist for improper care. The, they take all of this into court and the doctor won because everything the doctor did and said was exact protocol of how you should have handled that situation. There was another practice that um, the doctor had done surgery, um, had given the patient um, antibiotics to take. And again, this was all documented through text, how they were to take the antibiotics, et cetera, et cetera. The patient never shows for a follow-up visit. It's a lady. I think this was an OB-GYN practice. And uh, lo and behold, a month or two later, developed a massive cellulitis, goes to the emergency room, um, uh, gets treated there, turns around and sues the doctor, the OB-GYN for whatever surgery it was, saying he did a terrible job. And ultimately, what it came down to was they also documented that they tried to get this lady to come in for follow-up visits, and they, she never responded to any of the texts. Um, uh, They communicated about, the lady tried to um, uh, blackmail him because she says, Mm. hey, you owe me, yeah, I tell you what, I can make this lawsuit go away um, if you'll pay me $9,000 or whatever. And the lady texting back and forth never dreamed it was permanent and non-editable, and that was brought into court. The case was dismissed. 
Normally, those he said, she said cases are actually settled by the insurance company paying the patient because it costs more uh, 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 to to go to court than it would to pay an under ten thousand um, uh, dollar case. You know. Well, normally, I mean, a lot of that is going to happen just over the telephone. Right. And if the doctor's really, really good, he might dictate a note about what he said in the phone call. But quite honestly, that that doesn't always get documented. So right. I think to have this this documentation is, is, is huge. And the fact no, that it's sitting over to the side, it's not all in the EMR. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they accepted it out of Rhinogram because of our security and everything else that, that we do and how we do it and said, look, it's a permanent non-editable record. Again, docs, I, I can't for the life of me understand some of the docs reservation because they're thinking they'll get sued more. And in reality, you won't because you're actually, you're, you're not going to have this process of, like you said, talking on the phone to people, trying to remember who you talked to, what was said, entering it in uh, type of thing, and um, uh, you will have the exact conversation. And to think that that because they're settling cases because of really it is the doctor's inability to have accurate, detailed notes of the communication, and subsequently these cases get settled and, and again, insurance companies bleed. So your premium goes up because of it. This would be able to drop those premiums as more and more people would not be, you know, settling cases uh, that, that are, he said, she said, you have documentation and it never goes to court. Can you talk a little bit about marketing and, and how Rhinogram can be used just in, on social media potentially to um, uh, put something out and, and, and patients, I guess, potentially can just text a request for an appointment? Is that? That's correct. Yes. Um, again, what Rhinogram has, I spoke about this SMS, MMS, HIPAA compliant capability. I want to also share with you that we have integrated with um, Facebook and Instagram business messenger. So oh, wow. if, if somebody is on Facebook looking at whatever, you know, if the business has um, that integration, then they can actually begin communicating directly into your practice from whatever type of ad that you might have uh, there. We also put on your website, we have a website widget. So basically we're gonna make it simple for patients who want to communicate with you. They can click on the widget and they can begin basically texting you from your website. So we meet patients where they live. And even though I described the, the most common form the second most common form of millennials is really social, me social media messaging. Mm -hmm. And then the third uh, form is they like going to your website, doing their own research, and then being able to communicate from there. But for sure, what you will see as you digital market, meaning it'll be the digital marketing that you do that will drive um, an increase in patient acquisition. And again, we see people who digital market, uh, they're going to increase through incremental business that they may never had because you're out there giving the millennial patients and beyond the ability to go right to you from where they are. And there's nothing more powerful than that. And you're going to increase new patient acquisitions anywhere from 10 to 35 percent uh, based on how good your marketing is. I, I can get to them real quickly the way I want to. I'm not having to call. I'm not having to be put on hold. I'm not having to leave a message. I'm not having to wait for a follow-up phone call back. I'm able to just start communicating. So 
Um, there's nothing more powerful than that. And Rhinogram allows for this inbound, okay, again, inbound texted social media message or website, however, to come in and you don't know who it is and they ask questions. In other, quote, bi-directional texting, meaning, again, I look at the EHRs, they do not recognize and will not allow a text to come in that is not already in their system. Mm -hmm. So, they, first of all, they don't allow inbound unrecognized communications, which, again, inhibits the ability to acquire through this new form of patient acquisition, which is the digital digital media world. I think I've heard you say it before that the the software, the AI, whatever sits there can look at a text and determine, okay, this question is about an appointment and this other part of the text is about my bill. Can it route can it route that to two different people who are assigned for that particular task? Is it that smart? What we can do is bring and we've got um, patented technology is bring each department into that conversation. So instead of routing it to each of them, we bring both of them into it, okay, which is the, the opposite of what you're talking about. But the end result is both of those departments are responding to you at the exact same time, almost in real time. You've got a real-time team awareness of what what goes on and what we've what we've got now with the ai and if we've got the appointment that particular part of the question is going to be handled by no one meaning we don't have to do the appointment side of it it isn't going to need to be handled but through our ai the only thing we might do at that point since there's only going to be one group one department needed that's the uh billing um uh it may just simply route that to billing and auto answer the appointment side of it uh meaning you know if the question was when is my appointment ultimately we see the um as we build out ai and as we build out what you guys might consider quote unquote, self-scheduling, I see it as us being able to look into your schedule for similar types of appointments, being able to offer up numbers of dates and times of an appointment. Hey, I need to change this appointment. We would know the appointment type. We would know how long it takes. We would be able to look into your scheduler and then offer up the patient without a human doing that. And then once they confirm that is the day and time they'd like to change, we would then be able to um, uh, make that appointment within your schedule, so to speak. Do you have any features that um, are not there now, but you're, you're working on anything, uh, any, any cool stuff coming? Yeah, I would, I would think there's lots of cool things um, that are being developed that, um, are it's not necessarily we're working on um, per se, but we're you know the integratability of different cool AI things. So um, there's um, a number of companies out there, um, and you guys might be aware of them that are um, aiding in history taking of the patient, meaning it's like an avatar that the patient's talking to, but it's AI. And it's collecting a health history, and then it's giving you the most, the highlights of it that are most important from AI's perspective and, and what you've helped it learn as well. And keeping down um, and maybe even um, the docs that I've been talking to believe that 
patients will tell an avatar when the patient's at home, getting the health history taken from home, more of the truth than they might tell, you know, a, a human uh, who's taking that health history face to face. So they feel that um, some of that's coming to light. And so they're able to see more of that. But I see you know, integrating those types of solutions to give practices the ability to uh, take a more more thorough history um, uh, there. We text the patient a link. The link gets clicked by the, you know, the patient. This avatar shows up, starts taking the health history. Then it, they send all that back to us, which then we give it to you to do with whatever. And then the, the physicians go from go from there. Um, I think that's a cool piece of future. We have uh, thir 13 and a half million patients on our system today. Okay. Um, and they'll pay you 50 to $80 a patient, somebody like an Amazon or a Walmart. Mm -hmm. Now, why would they do that? Well, they do it for the commercialization of the products that you buy when they know what your needs are going to be. So they're going to know, oh, I'm going in for a hip replacement to Dr. Cole. And so guess what? I'm going to be served up um, a feed of, oh, I'm going to need a raised toilet seat. I need a walker. I need a cane. Wow. I need whatever. And they're going to have all that packaged up. And so I just have to push a button and pay for it. And now here's my home care kit for my surgery. If they know they're coming in to see Dr. Dressler for braces. Well, what do they get? Orthodontic toothbrush, orthodontic floss, orthodontic toothpaste, whitening for aftercare, you know, after the braces come off, all of that, those consumer goods, will be gotten to the patient and they can monetize that patient faster uh, when they know way beforehand what they need, you know? And, and so all these consumer goods can be gotten to the patient and sold to the patient. So if you have the data and you have it organized in the way they want it, so basically they plug it in to their algorithm, then boom, you know, um, uh, they, they've, they've got ads spitting out in real time to people. And now they're the first to them as they've texted in and it becomes a massive, uh, thing. And to me, that's the, that's the biggest, um, uh, what I would call end game that we would like to play when we would ever sell Rhinogram or ultimately, you know, monetize how, how do we get from here to there or what is the valuation of Rhinogram down the road? Again, it's all going to be based on any or all of these things because many, many companies and different types of companies could want us, right? I mean, it doesn't, it could be an EHR, it could be, um, uh, it, it could be a, a um, consumer goods company like the Amazons or the Walmarts or uh, the Walgreens or the CVSs of the world. Dr. Dressler, I want to I want to revisit the valuation and sort of the um, financial aspect of this, but I want to come back a little bit to the nuts and bolts. Um, I can see where Rhinogram would be a practice administrator's dream um, from an efficiency standpoint, reduction in your staff. Um, the work that they do, but you talked about a reduction in office visits. We do get paid for office visits. So talk about, it's clear how this improves efficiency, but talk about how this improves a revenue for a practice and how do you incorporate the billing structure of Rhinogram with the text into the practice? Yes. Um, every, every state, as you know, is different in reimbursement. Um, in, I think, uh, Medicare, Medicaid basically um, said that they will continue to reimburse on 
um, virtual follow-up visits. So we can um, we can gather up the data, just the data that corresponded to that visit, put it in a PDF form, and attach it to an insurance claim for a virtual visit for you guys. So you can monetize it. Yeah, I think the, the big deal here is, you know, when we do an operation, the patient's in a usually a 90-day global. Mm -hmm. And you want to see the patient enough uh, to provide solid, good care. But you, you obviously, you don't want to see them back every week. You don't want to see them too much. You don't want them to be taking spots that a, that a new patient can be taking. So I think that's the key is you're really trying to streamline the, the global. 90 day global for those mm -hmm. particular patients. Mm -hmm. Other than that, yeah, you want new patients. And certainly right. the, the call center is always the limiting factor in any practice. And I can see right. where this is extremely effective in streamlining that. How are you marketing this? You said you're how, having to do very little, but how are you going to get more market penetration across the, the country? Well, we what we've done because we grew horizontally uh, now that was not what I thought would happen, but uh, it is what happened. So you have to analyze because I can share with you in any one specialty, and I know this from uh, other companies, to penetrate any one of them with to create brand recognition, what you do, um, you're going to have to spend three to five million dollars over a three to five year period of time because every specialty has their own publication. Every specialty has their own trade shows that they go to. Every specialty has um, uh, uh, their own language that they talk. So to create marketing materials that match the specialty, you're gonna have to spend a lot of money. So what we've been doing is we've been analyzing which markets do we have the shortest sales cycle with the largest profitability? Which of these specialties? So we're going to focus our marketing efforts there. And we have actually three areas picked out or three specialties picked out um, of what we're going to do. We have a couple others. Um, orthopedics being one. And how do you charge a, an organization? We're going to charge you based on number of annual visits. We have calculated through our um, six, seven years in existence. What if, if a doctor sees this number of, of visits per year, this is really the number of texts they'll probably use. And so it's going to be based on, on that. Because practices are of different sizes, I can tell you um, the only number I can give you without going through all these major tiers of numbers. Well, I guess I can go one end of the spectrum to the other. But a, a small practice, it could be one, two, three doctors, depending on their, their number, of, of visits, I think it's up to 12,000 messages um, uh, a year is going to run somewhere around uh, $349 a month, something to that nature. Wow, that's very good. Considering, yeah. considering you could reduce your call uh, center staff by 50%, that's a huge ROI. Yeah, it's a massive ROI. And then I'm going to give you a different number that I know. So there are there's an organization that does 300,000 outbound phone calls a day per day. Hmm. That organization, and they were doing it in a call, call center, multiple call centers around the country. And we have quoted that call center. We haven't gotten that business yet, but we've quoted that call center um, set between seven and eight million 
a year. And what kind of can you can you speak to what kind of profit margin that returns to Rhinogram? Where we are today is we have between a 50 and 60% profit margin versus let's our cogs. That's where once we get to a certain um, number, which we're, you know, slowly getting there and we should be there maybe by the end of the year or um, uh, the sometime next year, we will decrease our cogs to around 20%, which means we'll have an 80% profit margin on everything that we would sell. Wow. That's fantastic. And Dr. Dressler, tell us about your team. You're the CEO and founder, but certainly there's others involved, right? Yes. Um, we're focused on hiring uh, uh, in all of our leadership and management positions, experienced healthcare people that have worked in whatever area that we're hiring for, whether it's marketing, our VP of marketing has been in healthcare over 30 years in healthcare marketing. Our partnership and innovation type of officer has been in healthcare IT also around 30 years. Um, our head of product has been in healthcare, you know, 20 years. So these people know um, a bunch of things and our engineers have all been in healthcare. And what this does for us is it, they already know how to make our system compliant. They understand HIPAA laws. They understand all the various um, EHRs, what is required to integrate with them uh, bi-directionally. It makes life a whole lot easier on us when you have people that are well, well versed within healthcare. Our human resources has been really with me on all my healthcare businesses uh, that I had started. So he's got maybe 40 years of healthcare knowledge of what all is required of our employees because every year, much like a healthcare practice, we all in our company have to take um, a HIPAA compliant course and pass it and all the various things around healthcare and protecting healthcare information. Yeah, so it, you know this is really exciting. I wanted to talk about your valuation, your fundraise, and what that's all about. Yes, um, currently um, uh, we have a valuation of sixty million, and that equates to eleven dollars and forty-seven cents a share. Um, we have raised um, in the past uh, eleven point three million. This raise is for four million. We already have a million dollar uh, commitment, uh, so we really only have uh, three million left in this raise. This raise is going to be used to um, market, to build out our uh, market-specific industries that we have recognized that we want to put marketing dollars behind, and it's going to be used to uh, continue to grow out our AI and ML capabilities and natural language translation capabilities uh, and uh, add additional people as we continue to, to grow the revenues of the company. And is that a convertible note or is that just straight equity? No, it's, it's straight equity position uh, in the company. I think this is so cool. And again, I, I want to thank both of you uh, from the bottom of my heart for the ability to um, get in with you guys and, and, you know, help everyone. I think you guys will help Rhinogram. Hopefully Rhinogram will help you guys and um, make it really the place to be for innovative and rewarding um, and, and change really the landscape of healthcare, which is really what I wanted um, Rhinogram to do and, and, 
you know, to change really the entire communication paradigm to a more modernized communication platform, you know. That's fantastic. Yeah. The, the whole purpose of the podcast, the Merge Medical Podcast, is to showcase healthcare-related disruptive technologies. And this is clearly it. So I want to thank you, Dr. Dressler, for joining us. Yeah. Uh, I'm Dr. Jeff Brown with my co-host, Dr. Jeff Cole. Thank you.